The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Athletical Physical Therapy and CDW. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Free Agency Week. All the big deals that were discussed now in place across the board. I think uh, better than 200 players already have uh, signed contracts, either with their own teams, extensions, moved in deals, or free agency, including Andy Dalton, the Bears' starting quarterback, as he announced today in a Zoom session with the media this afternoon at around 2.30, that he will be. He's got the assurances that he'll be the starting quarterback for the Bears in 2021. Good to have you alongside with Herb Lawrence, our producer in the SCORE studios. I'm Jeff Joniak, along my broadcast partner on Bears Game Day, the former Chicago Bear from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM Tom Thayer. So did that announcement that, yes, the Bears assured me that I am your starting quarterback in 2021 take you off, off guard a little bit? <laughs> Well, a, a little bit, Jeff, because if I was the backup, I would want the assurance that I'm going to have the opportunity to compete for the starting position. And I would like to see what's the Nick Foles frame of mind in, in those terms. Because last year you could see what happened with Mitchell Trubisky getting the starting nod because of the, such a condensed preseason. But here, if you have the equal amount of reps for both of these quarterbacks, and Nick Folds really having the upper hand because he understands this offense a little bit better, and that's what every quarterback needs to do is master the system that they're going to play in. in. So, um, you know, I, I want there to be competition. I don't want anybody to be handed a job. I want every player from Akeem Hicks to Khalil Mack to have to earn their job and not a right to have it on day one. Dalton telling reporters today that he had options, but certainly that's a big hook to be the starting quarterback. He, he, that's his experience. Nine years in Cincinnati as the starter, nine games with the Dallas Cowboys last year, and his whole last year and a half or so, kind of hectic, kind of um, humbling, I guess. And as he looked at it, he says he grew quite a bit because – you know, it didn't finish well, obviously, in Cincinnati. Let go in May, so he, he was behind the eight ball a little bit. Gets into Dallas, grew up in Texas, outside of Houston. You know, a lot of family and friends there, so it was intriguing for him to play there as Dak Prescott's backup. Dak Prescott, a durable guy, didn't expect to go out for the rest of the season. He starts nine games, suffers a concussion himself on a nasty hit big time. And then he also had COVID. So all sorts of things went on. He managed to go four and five through 14 touchdowns, eight interceptions. And now he's a free agent, a real free agent, the start of free agency. And there he goes. Right. You know, there's nothing I dislike about Andy Dalton. Um, you know, he, he, he is the face of a football team for a lot of years in Cincinnati. I don't know if they necessarily surrounded him with top-tier defensive talent to get the most out of him and have him execute, the ability to execute a career into, into more playoff opportunities. But, you know, Andy Dalton is an interesting character when you have the pieces in place. And now all he, he needs to do, he needs to accent the talent that they have in place. When you Allen Robinson, Darnell Mooney, hopefully Riley Ridley takes another step forward. And then you got to look at what they're offered in the backfield with David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen, and then the tight end position. So I think Andy Dalton has the ability – to kind of use his skill set with a good understanding of Bill Lazor and, you know, 
what what Bill Lazor can kind of force feed him into that quarterback position. So I, I think it's interesting to see um, how the competitiveness of the position, how Matt Nagy factors in the career of Nick Folds, and how Bill Lazor filters factors in the career of Andy Dalton. So I, I think there's a lot uh, moving forward here, but I think it's better to have the pieces in place this far in advance, especially if you have a normal training camp. I'm going to tell you, folks, about a little behind the scenes on live radio. My system went completely dead, but Tom and I are looking at each other on an iPad, and I just kept saying, keep talking, my friend. I didn't hear a word you said, but I'm glad you informed everybody else, and an A-plus to you for playing radio with us well, No, right you now. know, I'm just saying, that, you know, the reflection I got from Andy Dalton, I thought when he was in Cincinnati, he was never really supported by top-tier defensive talent. And there's a lot of obstacles to overcome throughout his career, that, career there. But he was always considered a franchise-type quarterback throughout the early parts of his career. And when he right. took the Cincinnati Bengals over, it's just I, I do think there's a lack of a support system in Cincinnati over his years there that didn't allow him to take that next step. Well, there were times, you know, the 15th season that he, you know, there was talk of him being MVP at, at some point in that season. They had, they did have some good weaponry, but over the course of Marvin Lewis's stay there, you know, they were always hovering around. Yes, a playoff team four times anyway under Andy Dalton, but you know, never could really get over that hump consistently. So here he's got a, you know, he's talking about the second half of his career. It's funny because he's already. This is I, this yeah. is your. This is your number 11. How long do you want to keep going? And, and we'll hear from Andy Dalton as well. Had a chance to visit him uh, with him after that Zoom one-on-one, so we'll play a chunk of that uh, coming up a bit later on. We also got Jim Miller coming up from SiriusXM NFL Radio as one of our guests here in the next segment and for a few. Uh, so Andy Dalton certainly is the, is the story. Lots of criticism out there from some of the fans, but it, it's what you'd expect when some of the talk was considered uh, around guys like Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson. Those were not uh, current possibilities. So the Bears zeroed in on this. Andy Dalton zeroed on the Bears, and the rest is history. You move forward now, and you start going about trying to get this team to a, a Super Bowl, number one, and trying to get this team to get the offense scoring touchdowns. And that's building around whatever quarterbacks you have on this roster and using uh, whatever assets you have left and they, they, they are challenged by that right now with a salary cap and draft extremely well. And, and you just – whatever's happened has happened. Now you just got to worry about what's in front of you right now is the 2021 season with a quarterback that has familiarity with Bill Lazor. Yeah, you know, the thing about it is really unfair to the Bears because everybody jumped to the conclusion as soon as they started the Russell Wilson conversation. And anybody they picked other than Russell Wilson was going to fail and was going to kind of not live up to the excitement of what – Russell Wilson's track record has been so far in the NFL. But to think that you can bring in a, a guy, lose so much talent on your football team, and then have him have the production that he's you know, shown early in his career, I, I still think it's, it's about a full team, the supporting cast, and with the weaponry the Bears have on offense, you know, they do have an opportunity to, to move the ball. Other additions today before we get to Jim Miller. We'll take a break here. Uh, the re-addition again, another one-year contract for the long snapper Patrick Scales. So the kicking operation is all in place there. And uh, more moves to come as the Bears get ready for what is going to be an important draft for the Bears with the 20th pick in round one and eight overall picks. Let's step away. 
Jim Miller coming up next from Sirius XM NFL Radio. We'll hear from Andy Dalton as well with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Herb Lawrence, our producer, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. Jeff Joniak, along with Tom Thayer. Good to have you alongside, everybody. And now joined by our weekly guest from SiriusXM NFL Radio, the former Chicago Bears starting quarterback in that great 2001 season, Big Jim Miller. Join us for a few segments, Jim. It has been crazy this week. We thought it would be. And we thought the quarterbacks uh, would be the big part of the puzzle, and it certainly has been the case. Uh, that carousel's been spinning, and it, it spins into a new starting quarterback for the Bears today. Uh, how'd you feel about? I don't. I don't know if you probably on the air when the, the news conference happened. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to any of the Andy Dalton introduction, but uh, he said he's been assured he's been the starter, and this is the team he wanted to be with. He had other options, but he's excited about what's in place. Excited about working with Bill Lazor and Matt Nagy and the staff. Yeah, I think, uh, well, one, Jeff, uh, glad you could join us. Don't worry, Tom, I won't let you down. Uh, But, you know, I think, you know, the Bears are kind of, they're in a holding pattern right now because I think we we knew and we talked about it last week. You just worry that they didn't have enough ammo. I think you you tried to take a swing at the plate. You tried to contact Seattle and and offer, uh, put you know, propose an offer that you think is good enough. It's just it's not good enough for Seattle. I mean, realistically, I don't think the Bears had enough because they're sitting at the 20 spot in, in the first round. If any team's got the ammo to do it, it's the Jets at number two. You know, because the Jets, legitimately, if if the Seattle Seahawks thought uh, Zach Wilson or whatever quarterback uh, that they were looking at, they'd still get the three first-rounders. They'd have a better picking uh, spot selection that they think is the ammo to go up and, and, and get uh, – you know, your quarterback there. And so it's, I just think it's kind of pie in the sky type of stuff, but they took their swing. They did the best they could. They're doing their due diligence, just like every other team has done that. The bears weren't the only team that called Seattle and they have the bears. Aren't the only team that has called about the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. There've been a lot of teams very open that they've contacted uh, uh, Nick Casario, who's not taking any offers because they're not going anywhere. I mean, they're, those are too good of quarterbacks uh, for them to to shuffle away from their team. So I think the Bears are in a holding pattern. Now you got to turn to your next scenario. You had guys like Ryan Fitzpatrick here. You got Alex Smith that obviously has a background, and then they ultimately select on Andy Dalton, who's got a, a background with Bill, Bill Lazor. Fitzpatrick's now off the board. He signed early with the Washington uh, football team. That's a one-year, basically $10 million deal. That kind of set the stage for Andy Dalton, one-year, $10 million to the Chicago Bears. So I think they did the best they could uh, for this standpoint. It makes a, a good fit. I mean, clearly Mitch Trubisky signing a $2.5 million deal uh, with Buffalo. It tells you where his market was at out there uh, in the NFL. And I think you know it still doesn't preclude the Bears from drafting a quarterback or even if they have the ability to, to move up to maybe target a guy if they, if they like a quarterback in this year's draft. You know, you know, to me, I, I think that, you know, Andy Dalton, because of his relationship with Bill Lazor, says he has a past relationship with Nick Folds. That is a, it is a positive quarterback working room. Um, you know, Jim, one thing I was saying, the different positions that you've been on rosters, and, and Andy Dalton did claim that he's going to be given the opportunity to be the starting quarterback here at the beginning of the season. 
what attitude do you expect out of Nick Folds in those terms? Because I don't think no matter where you were on the roster at the start of the season, you never came in here saying, okay, I'm going to be content with being the backup so I only have to work so hard. So what do you think is the frame of mind between the two? Yeah, I think if you're if the coach tells you what your role is going to be, and you have to be acceptable to that. Like uh, I knew, like when I sang with New England, you know, obviously I was getting healthy, but you know, basically Bill Pel- Belichick pulled me in his office, said, "Jim, we we kind of need you to be a sounding board. You know, you'll be the number two. Um, at times, we're going to put Rohan Davy at number two because he may we want to make want to get him some reps in certain games, and I was fine with that because the coach laid it out for me, and I knew what was expected. And I'm sure for the Bears to give assurances to Andy Dalton. I guarantee you Nick Foles and that relationship that he has with Andy Dalton, I think that role's been cleared up there too. Because, you know, typically for Nick Foles, his role where he's excelled in the NFL is coming off the bench. And he's been extremely well. And Andy's legitimately always been a starter until last year in Dallas, until Dak got hurt and where he's thrust in the lineup. Uh, I think he's a good point guard. I think he's a very good decision maker when you look at Andy Dalton. So I think the Bears did the best that they could do in a holding pattern. And what's Andy trying to do? Andy's trying to play his best football. Why? Because he wants to hit free agency next year. I mean, realistically, Andy could play another 10 years the way quarterbacks are lasting right now. Um, So I think for him, you're going to get Andy Dalton's best football moving forward because a a salary cap is going to go up next year, and maybe Andy Dalton can position himself where, hey, maybe the Bears want to resign me. Maybe I can hit free agency next year coming off a good year if he's able to excel as a starter for the Chicago Bears. He's also talking about, hey, you know, if it works out, drop anchor here, never have to pack his bags again. That would be a dream scenario. That means things went very well. And, you know, a lot of these guys who get – uh, moved at the end of their careers, there's a lot of pride in here, too. And they want to prove again that, hey, I am still capable of leading a team to where they want to go. And there is leadership qualities that were, were very much discussed because that's what Matt Nagy talked about. He used it a lot just a couple of weeks ago. What he was looking for was leadership, not just rah-rah in the locker room, but specifics in the huddle, at the line of scrimmage, on Mondays, on Tuesdays, on Wednesdays. What's everything going to do to help this team move forward and you know what are we getting here guys what are we getting here in terms of breaking it all down because i look at it as a like you said point guard indeed because he's a he's a rhythm guy yeah intermediate to short or short to intermediate however you want to phrase it uh can't can't throw a deep ball but that's not his uh that's not his bailiwick so to speak Mm -hmm. and he's going to process quickly diagnose at the line of scrimmage and as long as you have those weapons that could take the ball and move the chains Guys, to make things well, happen after the catch, and I know Tom's going to bring up the running game for sure. You got to have it. You got to have it. He's talking about it too. You got to have that balance and not be predictable and and be as versatile as possible, fellas. Yeah, I, I think it's going to change the philosophical approach of the offensive line because you lose the versatility and the athleticism of the quarterback when you had Mitchell Trubisky in there. A little different when they had Nick Foles in there. So, you know, that's one of the preach elements of Juan Castillo is uh, physical and finish. And I think that's going to be have to be the mantra of this offensive line because to get out of David Montgomery, who is a true asset in the NFL, you're going to be able to have that power running game that computes into play-action passing and the downfield passing game that Andy Dalton's used to throughout his career. I think the Bears' third-down offense is definitely going to be better 
They were 31st in the NFL in their third down offense, and I think we know red zone has to be better. Andy will make quick decisions. He's a very good processor of information, and I'll tell you where he's going to help also uh, from that standpoint, the development of the receivers, okay, whether it's Riley Ridley. Go look at C.D. Lamb last year for, for Dallas. Okay, granted, Andy had the concussion and got back in there. C.D. Lamb finished with 74 receptions, 935 yards, and I think five touchdowns. Okay, so Andy can communicate to, to the receivers, this is what I need from you. That experience, he's been around the block. He'll, he'll already get a great rapport with Allen Robinson and the veterans that are there, and he'll build one with, with Mooney or say whether if Anthony Miller is here, rumor is he's, uh, he's out on the, on, the, on the trade block potentially, but maybe Andy Dalton's the guy to reach him. No, no, Anthony, I, I, we need this against this particular coverage. This is how I need you to come out of the route, your break, all those type of things because Andy has been around the block. And I think if you go look at Dallas last year, look how C.D. Lamb performed when Andy Dalton got into the lineup there. He excelled. And that was a rookie receiver. Grant, a lot of talent. He's a first-rounder out of Oklahoma. But I think a lot of that was having the veteran quarterback bringing that guy along. All right, we're going to take a break here shortly. Other news of the day, Mitchell Trubisky, the former Bears quarterback, now a Buffalo Bill and a one-year deal to back up Josh Allen at $2.5 million. And Trubisky goes there. Brent Urban uh, reportedly going to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Bears reportedly uh, signed Angelo Blackson, a defensive lineman. That has not been official by the organization yet. I mentioned Patrick Scales as well. A lot of other things on the burner across the league. We're going to dive into all of that. Uh, Mike Lennon with the New York Giants. Those veteran quarterbacks, Jim. <laughs> you veteran quarterbacks make a lot of money. I'll that, tell you what. You don't, <laughs> that new TV deal came in today. Wait two years from now. Woo. Oh, I know. We'll talk about that too. Yes, a blockbuster. TV deal. And we'll hear from Andy Dalton himself with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller. I'm Jeff Joniak. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Hey, the Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Screeden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago, or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app with Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, Jeff Joniak. Uh, Jim, our guest from Sirius XM NFL Radio, moving the chains with Pat Kerwin. You guys have been uh, breaking it down from D, going through player by player. Um, and Ian Rappaport reporting uh, just moments ago that the Bears are releasing Kyle Fuller, fellas, uh, the veteran cornerback uh, in a salary cap cut. Uh, that's uh, a big, big uh, part of the defense, obviously, the way he played in the last few years. Earned himself a long-term extension with the Bears after Green Bay made a run at him. And uh, really did a lot of good things. Uh, a tough physical player. And uh, a lot of folks may not understand that move, but uh, the cap is the cap. Uh, we'll start with Jim. Jim? Um, well, yeah, I, I don't think they wanted to release him. I guarantee you the Bears probably went to him and asked him to take a reduction or a restructure. Um, and sometimes the player's not going to agree to that. That's why I think you're seeing a lot of players getting dumped right now, and that will be out there on, on the open market. Um, because I think the Bears, they respect Kyle Fuller. They they drafted him. They know how hard he's played. They actually re-signed him to that that big deal. So that probably was a, re a restructure or a reduction, and the player refused. And once you refuse, and it's happened to a lot of guys, say Kyle Rudolph for the Minnesota Vikings, he was not going to take a reduction, thought he could do better out on the open market. Ultimately, they, ultimately they got signed today uh, with, the, with the New York Giants. So I think uh, his $9 million salary now is at $7 million, uh, for the Giants. And that's probably the case with Kyle Fuller. Um, 
Bears, they he knows what the number of the Bears would resign him at, uh, but he's going to go shop his wares to other teams, hoping that he can do better. He's seen you know Patrick Peterson and some other corners today that got signed, and they're one year deals. They're one year, ten million bucks, and you saw a couple other guys get three year deals. So it depends on what Kyle Fuller is looking for number wise. But I, I think we know a lot of teams are salary cap strapped, and we'll see if. Uh, you know he's betting that he thinks he can get more on the open market or close to what uh, the Bears were were going to pay him here in 2021. Well, you know, if I was Vic Fangio, I would be checking his radar. You know, he likes yep. whatever the impression that Kyle yep. Fuller left on him and what Kyle Fuller, the impression he's left on everybody in the organization because his work ethic and his work effort, effort is second to none. And so his study habits are legendary. And so what he's been able to accomplish throughout the early portion of his career, I, he's got a really well-respected reputation around the league. So it's not one of these guys that you're going to take a flyer on and see what happens down the road or injury rehabilitation. This is a guy, if you bring him aboard or if the Bears were able to bring him back aboard, that he is he is a day-one starter. He's not a guy that you're going to go and you're going to, he's going to be in the back of the line at the cornerback position, he's going to move right up to the the front of the line and, and go and compete as a team starter. I know they're releasing Buster Screen as well, so opportunities here for Kendall Vildor and Duke Shelley right out of the gate and whatever the Bears may do in the draft and in free agency. So uh, a change on the defense uh, for the Bears. Uh, maybe going to get a little younger on the outside at the cornerback position with Jalen Johnson becoming the man coming off injury last year. Also multiple reports that Kenny Galladay, the uh, St. Rita product and Northern Illinois product, uh, finishing his career at NIU and a, a draft pick of the Lions, uh, visited with the Bears reportedly yesterday, visiting with the Giants today. Uh, how do you guys handicap that situation and what does that mean, Jim? Uh, I think for the market has been kind of slow for for receivers, and we're starting to see a lot of one-year deals coming in right now for receivers. Clearly, there's interest. Giants don't have a lot of salary cap money uh, to spend either now, and these one-year deals have been anywhere from one year five million down to to one year two and a half million. I think Galladay will be a little bit higher. I think uh, you know, if, I think he's hoping for like anywhere from six to seven million a year is what he's probably uh, looking at. So there's interest, but I think the teams, because with the latest deals that have come in, uh, it's probably going to be in the three and a half, four million range, I think, for, for Kenny Galladay. I'd be shocked if he gets more than that. But, you know, it could surprise you that he gets a, a three-year. But you, you have to worry about him because he missed a lot of games last year. That hip injury was legitimate. So that's why I think it'll be more of a, a one-year deal. Prove it type of deal, and then maybe Kenny Galladay can jump back in free agency next year and hope he can do better. But Bears definitely should be interested in Kenny Galladay. Yeah, I I mean, I agree. He's got all the talent in the world. He's a legitimate number one receiver for any team he goes to, even if they have a bona fide number one. However, he's kind of at the opposite end of the spectrum of Kyle Fuller. He hasn't been healthy. He hasn't been able to stay on the field. He's got the most perfect of playing conditions inside the Detroit inside the Detroit stadium in terms of running and speed and all that. So I, I, I would really, he tore really it up have in to 19, invest. Though. He tore it up. Yeah, I would have to investigate his health though, yeah. because I, I can't have a guy. I'm not going to sign a guy that's going to be mm. active for two to five games well, a year. I'm, I'm just not going to well, do it. it. It tells you a lot that he moved on to the giants, right? Because if you want him, you don't let him out of your building. 
right? So they probably offered him. He's looking for more, so he's going to explore with the Giants, which the Giants are probably going to offer something similar the Bears have, have offered, and it's not really what he wants at, at this point for Kenny Galladay. So and I think Cincinnati that's apparently offered him a, a, a one-year prove-it deal as well. Yep. So what what would the domino effect be if, if that does happen? Um, how do we look at this with Allen Robinson being franchised at the moment? Mm. You I, mean, go I mean, if you brought Kenny – if you brought Kenny Galladay aboard here at the Chicago Bears, I would expect immediately the point production on the offense that would go up. It would it would offer opportunities to the tight end position. It would help your running game, especially when you include Darnell Mooney in an Allen Robinson Galladay uh, three receiver set, and Darnell Mooney, and then the other side. So I would expect it to be able to be a, a super positive. In the both in the red zone, but in, in points for this offense. Yeah, I mean, you you lose Cordero Patterson. You know, if they're able to bring uh, Galladay on board, one I don't I don't anticipate that Allen Robinson would be traded. He'd have to sign his franchise tender in order to do that, unless his agent is in contact with where he would be traded to a team uh, that that he'd want to be traded to. So I, I don't see that happening. I think this is more hey Pat Cordero Patterson is now a free agent. You bring in a guy who is a size, speed uh, type of receiver where you go opposite, and then you still got the speed of Mooney. So I think he'd definitely be a help from that standpoint, just from his size that he brings. Yeah, to me, I always wanted, you know, like like when I was with the Bears, we had Bobby Ingram, right, the quick slot guy. And then, uh, you, you know, for us, Robinson was uh, the big guy on the outside, had a couple thousand-yard seasons, and he was tr- tremendous. And, you know, to me, you got kind of role players and Galladay's that, that size, that red zone presence type of guy that I think's kind of been missing uh, for the Chicago Bears. Led the NFL in 11 touchdown receptions back in 2019, but the hip flexor knocked him out the end of last season with the Lions. Again, St. Rita, Southside product, NIU after North Dakota, big impact player, could be joining the Chicago Bears if all things work out. All right, we're going to step away. When we come back, we'll hear our interview with Andy Dalton. Earlier today, the Bears' new starting quarterback, as he says that's the assurances he's been given. This is Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow with Tom Thayer with Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio's Moving the Chains with Pat Kerwin. I'm Jeff Joniak. Earlier today, had a chance after a Zoom meeting with the media to visit with Bears' new starting quarterback, Andy Dalton. This was going to be the big quarterback carousel offseason. You know, there were talks of so many teams looking for quarterbacks or making changes. As you charted your future course here for 2021, were you excited about that carousel? And obviously in the game of musical chairs, you landed here. Uh, but what was that whole process like for you? Yeah, it was one of those things you don't know how it's all going to play out. You saw that there's a lot of uh, guys that had been on teams for a long time that could be end up traded, end up getting released, getting uh, you know in, in different spots. And so, with looking at the market and looking at everything going into free agency, I was I was hoping that this was going to work out here in Chicago. And so, um, just going through the whole process of it all and and getting to talk with. Uh, Matt and Bill Laser and uh, just the, Ryan and just all the different um, you know coaches and different things. I, I was glad that this thing worked out and that this was a great fit for me and uh, for this organization. All right, let's hit on some of those keywords. You said you hoped, you liked the fit, and obviously the starting job is a big component of that at this point in your career. 
Um, those three words right there, tell us a little bit about that and, and why that was a hope and, and what did you like about the organization? Yeah, for me, you know, I, I went from starting nine years in Cincinnati to getting released late in the process and then you know, took the uh, role as a backup last year. And then you know, part of the season, I get, I get the opportunity to play again with, with Dak getting hurt. And so uh, at that point, you know, I, I wasn't sure exactly how this whole thing was going to play out. And so for me, going into the offseason, you look at the teams that uh, you'd, you'd like to go to, uh, but there's got to be that mutual interest. And so going into this, this thing worked out. I, you know, I was hoping that, the, like I said, I was hoping that the Bears were going to be a possibility. And uh, as this thing got closer, I realized that it was going to work. And uh, so I'm excited about the opportunity that I have here. I know Matt Nagy talked about leadership quite a bit in the, in the search for a quarterback or a plan for a quarterback, whatever it was going to be entering this 2021 offseason. And leadership takes on many forms. It's not just a rah-rah guy or a guy everybody looks to. That's almost a, a given at the quarterback position. But it's about leadership in the huddle, leadership at the line of scrimmage, leadership in clutch key moments. Why do you have that leadership component he's looking for? Yeah, I think you, you named a lot of the things that uh, you want as you want for your quarterback and you want to have as just a teammate. And so I think one, it just comes with how you come to work every day. Let everybody know that they can trust you. You're going to know what's going on. You can always make sure that uh, uh, you can help anybody out with anything going on, whether it be football related or something else. And, uh, you know, just kind of get to get to know your teammates and get to know these guys and um, I think it's it's more than like I said more than just football. It's on a personal level, and so when you build that trust and that uh, w with all your teammates, you can lead from a different perspective and lead from a different area. And so, you know, I, that's what I'm excited about. I'm excited to get to meet my teammates, get to be part of this thing, and uh, you know, to really push this whole team to be the best that we can be. It's always good to have an advocate in the building where you're going to, and you got one obviously in Bill Lazor, a man you respect and worked with for several years in Cincinnati. Um, does that mean a lot to you right now? And is that sort of shorten the gap in digesting what you're going to be asked to learn in this new Bears offense? That, that's been great to have Bill here. And for us, we've had, we have a great relationship from our time in Cincinnati together. We've stayed in constant contact even throughout the, the seasons that he wasn't in Cincinnati. And so um, I think that's going to make this whole transition easier. A guy that already understands how I work, understands how I operate. I understand how he works too. And so uh, I think we, when, you, when you already have that familiarity with somebody, and uh, especially as, as him being the coordinator and, and everything, I think that just makes the whole transition easier. There's a lot of offensive minds in that meeting room. And then you throw yours uh, into the mix as well because you got to tip the cap to any veteran quarterback that's put in a decade of work already and you've seen everything possible. Is that enticing as well for you? Because, you know, it's easy to characterize this offense as Kansas City or Philadelphia, but this is the Bears offense. There's a lot of collective uh, influences here. And is that kind of a potpourri that excites you as a quarterback in this, at this point in your career? It does. You know, being in Cincinnati for so long and then getting a, you know, going through different coordinators there and then being in Dallas this past year, it's like, okay, let's – I, I love the part of, okay, what, what can we do differently or what's something different that I haven't done in the past? I've seen it on film. I've seen these guys do it. But how is this taught? How is this run? All that kind of stuff. So I think it's, it's going to be fun for me to kind of dive into this offense, dive into the playbook and see, okay, what do we want to be? I can bring some of the stuff from you know, my past, my experiences and things that I like. And uh, yeah, I think that just comes to the working relationship with all these guys. And so 
like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. It's, it's going to be fun to, to start this whole process. And it starts immediately. It's already started, Jim. He's done a lot of work. He did it a lot in advance to, to find out exactly what the Bears were doing offensively. Watch a lot of tape and, and getting in this position. Uh, to be a starter again. Uh, he's going to be wearing number 14. Uh, I realize that has been his number in Dallas and Cincinnati, so I asked him about that. He says that's a significant number because his, his dad wore that number back in playing high school football in Texas, and he's riding with that. And uh, and certainly the hair matches the orange, right, the orange C on the, on the Bears logo. He had a good laugh about that too. But, Jim, as a quarterback coming in through free agency, put yourself in his shoes – with this team right now as it's currently constructed, not what it's going to be when they had the training camp, what is his biggest hurdle to adapt quickly, or would you say there are any hurdles? No, I don't think there's any hurdles for, for, for Andy. You know, he's been around. He's learned a lot of football. He's been under a lot of different uh, offensive coordinators. that have, He's had to learn new offenses, so I don't think that'll be a, a challenge for him at all. He's got a relationship, and he kind of understands what the uh, the coaches want from him. And I think he feels that they'll have the ability to win. You know, Andy Dalton, I, I know his record is 7-21 and in his last 28 games. All right, but it's really what's been around him. I think everybody knows that Cincinnati was deteriorating uh, as an organization. You know, they made the playoffs five times. Andy's experienced that. He he guided them there. He wasn't the reason why they lost all those games. Uh, Let's just put it that way. He was actually the reason why they were in the playoffs. And then signs the one-year deal in Dallas where I don't think anybody anticipated him playing. You know, he's just trying to hope for another opportunity in free agency. Uh, uh, this year that would come out and it probably without anything uh, on his resume. But he had the ability to play last year. When he stepped on the field, he played, and Dallas was a better team with him guiding uh, the football team. Now he comes to the Bears. I think there's pieces to the puzzle around him. He's a good decision maker. You got a good defense in place. That wasn't the case in Dallas uh, last year, and I think he feels he can win. He can win, and whether it's with the Bears that we mentioned earlier or with another team, he's trying to position himself to solidify a starting spot for you know another uh, long-term contract, uh, so to speak. So this is you know to me, it's it's the best the Bears could do. This guy will give the Bears the ability to win, and I think it's just his it's just his decision making and his situational play. I kind of compare Andy Dalton to Alex Smith, meaning it's very rarely he's going to make a decision that costs you a game. He's just not that type of quarterback. He'll keep you in every game, and that's all you can ask for is to have a chance to win. You know, one thing I like about this, uh, the relationship, the quarterback room, Nick Folds and Andy Dalton right now, is everything that's coached and taught is transferable to every guy. It's not like you have a rollout pattern, a rollout scheme that you want to put in for this athletic quarterback, and then you have this scheme that you want to put into a taller uh, pocket passing quarterback. I think Andy Dalton and Nick Folds are so similar in their styles of play, their athleticism, and their background that you're only teaching one system. And I think that's important because when you go for the limited amount of time that you have in front of these players, whether it's by Zoom or in an actual meeting room, everything you're saying, you only have to say it once and it's going to pertain to everybody in that room. And I think that's super beneficial to the quarterback coaches that are going to have a hands-on approach with these guys. Are you looking at that, too, precisely about the offensive line? 
Yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're you're gonna you're gonna follow one scheme that best fits the quarterback that can make you the most threatening downfield, and whether that includes a powerful running game that includes play action, or these guys develop a good relationship with all the uh, receiver assets that the Bears have at this point. All right, talk about receivers real quick because Jim pointed out the market down a little bit on receivers. So it's a very saturated market, no question. There's a lot of guys thought they were going to strike it big. I know Will Fuller was one of those guys. He he settled in Miami. I don't know what he got today, Jim. But um, there really isn't the need to overpay because there's a bunch of great receivers potentially coming out of the draft. So there's less tread on those tires. You can draft a young, fast talent, and certainly in those – uh, upper 12 picks, and um, maybe in the first of two rounds, you get about a dozen different players. You know, you talk about Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith for, for starters, but is that part of this now? And, and I know people are upset about it, uh, and spe- especially agents. Uh, just reading on Twitter today some of the agents around the league, I know, I mean, it's, it's self-motivated because they want to make their cash and get their clients the best possible deals, but it, it is what it is. And I, I know with the new TV contracts that we'll get into in a minute, uh, that that it looks like uh, things are are better off than what they're dealing with right now, but those TV deals don't go into effect until 2023. Jim. Yeah, I think that's what the agents are barking about. They think now that they know that what that was going to come in at 10 billion a year. Hey, why couldn't the cap have been over a little over 200 million? But the NFL had already agreed with the NFLPA. Right. No, we're going to take the hit early. Uh, this year and next year, the, they'll take a hit and then it'll kind of finally settle back out. And I think that's what the agents are upset about because it now it really constrains them of what they can do for their clients since everybody's trimming the fat, uh, so to speak. So um, I agree with you. Those market forces are there. I mean, Darnell Mooney's the case in point. He's a fifth-round draft pick. Look how he performed for the Bears. And there's a boatload of great receivers in the in the NFL. So first round, I brought up C.D. Lamb. Look at the guy up in Minnesota, Justin Jefferson. How did he play as a rookie? Um, and, you know, there's going to be a, a lot of receivers in every round that teams will have the ability to pluck. And then if they don't get one in the draft, then there'll be a second wave of free agency after the draft where teams will say, oh, okay, we need another receiver. Let's go sign so-and-so still on the street and be able to bring that person in on a one-year deal. All right, we'll break into this uh, in great detail, a little bit more about the TV deal and what it means moving forward as well. If you're just joining us, uh, we got uh, news that Kyle Fuller, according to Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, that the Bears have released the veteran cornerback, the number one cornerback out of the Bears in the last few years and uh, not able to get a deal on a trade to to get something in return. So he is a free agent, uh, reportedly, according to Ian Rappaport. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak and Jim Miller from SiriusXM NFL Radio for a few more minutes when we come back after this break with Herb Lawrence, our producer. This is Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Fresh cut, fresh perspective. Book an appointment with Chicago Bears small business all-pros winner, Principal Barbers. Visit principalbarbers.com. Guess that doesn't include my man Tom Thayer. He does his own lid, Jim Miller. Now, you still have a good mop, don't you? Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, head over to Principal Barber's, baby. Luckily, uh, yeah, I'm, well, I'm due for a cut. You, you know, we still spent a little draconian <laughs> up here in terms of the rules. We're not allowed to get out and about, so I may have to take the, take you up on that offer. There you go. That's Jim Miller with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. A few more minutes with Jim before we cut him loose. And thank you, as always, from SiriusXM NFL Radio. Uh, as you guys heard about the 110 
billion dollar deal uh, earlier today as you talk to the folks around the league uh, overall what's your impressions of that yeah a it's going to make everybody a little happier in the wallet obviously uh, that's number one uh, the TV networks are going to dish out a lot but they're going to expect a lot so there's little things in this deal that spread over multiple platforms obviously Amazon's a big part of this ESPN gets a Super Bowl uh, but also they the Monday night package they're going to be able to flex games that they don't want that's a big difference this year or and then when it takes yeah, effect you, in 2023. Well, you know, really quick, I know Jim knows a lot more about it, but I'm kind of interested, did last year's pandemic scheduling actually help the negotiations? Because when they went across the board and they were able to use almost every day of the week, they saw a little bit uh, the role of the NFL in the times when they need it most and the viewing audiences that they had in some of these games, whether they're played on Tuesday or Wednesday. So you always knew that there was going to be big, big dollar figures with all the different players in place now that can help the negotiations. But I do thought, I do think that they got a little bit of an understanding of the role of the NFL uh, through the crisis that we lived through last year and how much relief it gave people. Yeah, and, well, I just think, obviously, streaming is different in how people consume games. So, Jeff, when you're at the local hardware store picking up two gallons of paint, maybe you got to <laughs> sit there on your iPhone where you're checking everything out. And, you know, there are some different players where they think it, it, it can expand from that standpoint. I, Amazon is obviously one of them. And I wouldn't be surprised here in the near future if Amazon is probably going to purchase its own broadcasting uh, you know, network, whether they buy out somebody or something like that which will boost it from that standpoint. But just in terms of the calculations and how it affects the players, and this will blow Tom's mind, probably blow your mind, it blows my mind. So imagine a salary cap next year that will probably jump from 185 this year up to 221. And then the following year, it's going to jump up to about probably 275, 280. Wow. And then the following year, it's going to jump up over $300 million. So about three years from now, there will be a salary cap of about three hundred and twenty million, and the prices are the just the salaries are going to explode through the roof, which the players are going to love, and you know you're going to see legitimately fifty million dollar quarterbacks, you know, if not more than that. Um, so it's it's definitely this is an incredible deal. It's it's an incredible deal. Yes, it is, and it just uh, underscores what this what this league is and the health of the league in general. Uh, if they're still willing to pay that kind of dough certainly out of a pandemic and a lot of uncertainty in the business world and in uh, people's lives it's uh it is crazy it, the numbers are going to be eye-popping so whatever the players are giving up a little bit now i get it some of these guys won't be around and uh there, there are going to be a well, lot more salary th- cap cuts that's the problem the yeah. the next player voting on the the next uh labor agreement well he's he's in junior high right now <laughs> Okay, so let's just think about that. That's who. That's who will be voting on the next collective bargaining agreement. He's not even in the NFL, and so you know you got to keep that in perspective because uh, that's you know that's just the way it works. You know, Tom, I'm sure you're you're aware. You know, I, when I arrived in the NFL, I didn't get to vote on that collective bargaining agreement. Those were the players before me that voted on it, so I I kind of had to live with it. You know, and then then. When you're out of the NFL, another uh, collective bargaining agreement. And the last two to be 10 years, it's surprising that uh, from the, the NFLPA side that they'd want such long agreements. That's that's really was what's surprising. When you go back and look at this deal, and a lot of labor law uh, lawyers that are out there that, that'll tell you this is one of the worst deals in, in sports history 
from a player's side of things, but it's looking pretty good for the players when you're getting this type of big of a salary cap and how it, the pie is split. It's just a lot different than what it was, and it definitely tilts in the owner's favor. You know, you know. I think any time throughout your career, if you're involved in a collective bargaining agreement negotiation, it's always about paying it forward because, you know, a lot of the guys that are making the decisions on behalf of the the players, they're usually well-respected, super-educated players within the locker room that are helping bring that information to the rest of the guys on the team. But, you know, a lot of it is we're going we're gonna to be out of the league by the time that these things really start paying dividends to, like you said, Jim, to the guys that are in junior high right now and waiting for working for towards their opportunity. Hey, Jim, before we uh, let you go, and we appreciate it as always uh, each week making yourself available, uh, broad scope, let's look in the division with what's been done in free agency, what's been uh, released and brought in. Um, let's let's try to tick through the teams quickly because I know we're, we're on a time crunch here. Uh, let's start from your view on what the Minnesota Vikings have done so far. Yeah, I think when you, well, they added Patrick Peterson today. I think they wanted the veteran there to help out uh, some of the younger players in that secondary that struggled uh, last year. You know, think of Jeff Gladney. He was a rookie. Cameron uh, Dantzler was also a rookie. I mean, literally Green Bay, it's one player. It's Aaron Jones, right? I mean, because they have no salary cap room. They're actually going to have to – they may have to think about extending Aaron Rodgers to get more salary cap from that standpoint. Um, Dalvin Tomlinson, I do like that signing uh, for Minnesota because they'll have Michael Pierce back. They're going to be a tough team to run the football against, so I like what they've done. And Detroit's they're just reshaping everything. You know, with uh, Jared Goff and that trade finally going through, they've signed some marginal players. Uh, Okwara is a good player that they basically signed a three-year deal to. He's been kind of their key sack guy uh, there, and so they're, they're – you know, this for them with having a new coach and everything is kind of the foundational year. Uh, so they they still have a lot of work to do to really see what they're going to come down to and, and really what they're going to be as a team. But I think the Bears are right there. I think the Bears have done fine. None of the other teams, especially Green Bay, really can't break the bank because they've, they've got no salary cap space to move. Yeah, they had a Detroit brought in Michael Brockers also, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, Brockers. Yeah. Brockers. Jamal there. Williams from Kansas City. You know, that's a, that's a – or excuse me um, – from the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay. So that's a very good pickup right there for a team that we always talk about doesn't run the ball the, the way we envision uh, for, for it to help out their quarterback in, in the years of the past. And Matthew Stafford, now will they do that with Jared Goff? And uh, the backup quarterback of the Packers, Tim Boyle, mm-hmm. is now a Detroit Lion backup, and uh, Chase Daniel is out of there. So a lot of interesting things done. O- overall, who's hit the home run, Jim? And I'll let you go. Uh, Tampa Bay keeping the band together in New England, man. New England, I've never seen this from Bill Belichick. It's been 2000 right. since they dove into free agency this much. They've already got $100 million in guaranteed contracts uh, that are out there. So they are looking to rebound in the AFCs, but definitely for Tampa to keep. And they'll get Amdamakam Sue back, and I wouldn't be shocked if they get Antonio Brown back. That team will be exactly what it was from a season ago with all the guys they've re-signed. All right, Jim, we'll let you go. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. You bet, guys. Have a good one. Thank you, Jim. That's Jim Miller, former Bears quarterback from Sirius XM NFL Radio on, uh, with his host guest host as well here on our Bears All Access show. Tom, a couple minutes to go real quick. Um, let's go back to the report on Kyle Fuller. Uh, because, you know, we, we got to know him early in his rookie year. We did events with him. We understood he's all business. He's there, He's all about preparation. Not a, He's not a guy that's going to put himself out there in the, in, the, in the public eye a lot or with the media. Very uh, quiet guy, humble guy, but very respected in that locker room. But just 
if in fact this is uh, uh, an accurate report by Ian Rappaport from NFL Network, and I don't doubt that it is, but uh, putting his career in perspective, 19 career interceptions, he had seven in that 2018 season uh, that was so good and went to the Pro Bowl, very important player in that defense. Just what his impact uh, wound up being here for the Chicago Bears. He had a salary cap hit of $20 million, so uh, right now that's the only salary cap cut the Bears have had to make. Yeah, it's unfortunate because the person, Kyle Fuller, I've really grown to admire over the last couple of years being around him. When I go back and I think about the Tampa game this past year and his legal hit on the wide receiver that kind of changed the entire flow of that game and the Bears dominated from that point on. He's super willing to be a physical cornerback. That is one thing that avoids most guys at that position because they don't have the physical willingness that Kyle Fuller already uh, always has. So uh, whomever signs him is going to get a quality uh, locker room person. He studies hard, and he's a heck of a player. So he's the type of guy you come across throughout your career, and you always wish the best for. And lastly, so Brent Urban's gone, Roy Robertson, Harris. You got Eddie Goldman coming back. You re-signed Mario Edwards Jr. There's a report the Bears have signed Angelo Blackson. He's a six-year vet, played with Houston and Arizona. Big guy, six four, three nineteen. Push the pocket a little bit, pressure the quarterback. You just want to keep that defensive line rotational pieces, Tom, because that is as, as important as anything, obviously, on that D. Yeah, and the Sean, new defensive coordinator, Sean Desai, that's what he needs. He needs an aggressive front so he can get the linebackers uh, attacking the quarterback. All right, that's going to wrap us up for tonight's show. Appreciate your time, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, for Tom Thayer, Jim Miller, I'm Jeff Joniak. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Thank you, Herb Lawrence, Jordan Treadup, and Dan Barilli. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite.